Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. All right, so I'm going to get right to it. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for being awesome, for being our Savior and our Redeemer, our Rescuer. God, I thank you for the new life that we celebrated just a few moments ago. Holy Spirit, would you continue to minister in this place? Would you unlock deaf ears, Jesus? Even as we speak, just let your healing presence come, those sitting and just receiving the word. They're being healed in their knees and their shoulders. Um, Lord, I ask that you would help me this work of the Lord because your presence is in this place. Lord, I ask that you would help me relay the message that you've challenged me with. Father, that we would be transformed. Today would not just be another Sunday, another weekend, another church day, but this would be the day of salvation. Restore to us the joy of your salvation, we pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right, cool. So I want to talk about living with holy anticipation this morning, all right? And so where to begin? Where to begin? I got to, be, I got to facilitate my grandpa's funeral yesterday. And that was a high honor. He himself asked me about a week or so before he passed. He said, would you do the service, Jacob? And we looked at each other, tears in our eyes and smiling and just this like, it was huge. How could you say no to one of the greatest men in my life who has presented this request and bestowed this high honor upon me? And there was this joy in the moment because he said, I know I'm going to be with the Lord. And I said, I know you're going to be with the moment. And my grandpa lived that way. And I want to be a man who lives that way. And so I want to talk and I want to challenge the church to live in a holy expectancy, a holy anticipation. So let's talk about the word holy. When you read in the Bible talking about God's identity and his nature and his presence, we find that word, holy. Exodus 15, 11 through 13. This is right after God has delivered Israel from the hand of the Egyptians. They've crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground, and the waters have come upon and enveloped Pharaoh and his armies. And Moses stops to praise the Lord. And he says this, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness? That's pretty celebratory. Fearful in praises, doing wonders, for you stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them up. You in your mercy have led forth the people you have redeemed and you have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. Now for so long I have this word, I've read this word holy, I've heard pastors talk and preach about holiness and it's always kind of just hit me in a rigid way of just like created and set apart to the Lord. It's like, I've heard my whole life, it's something that's consecrated and set apart to the Lord. But and and then I and I read my Bible and there's holiness that surrounds this talk of God. But there was something intimidating about that word to me. Have you ever felt that? When you start talking about holiness. And here's what I'm learning, the Lord has been challenging me with, is to seek him in his holiness and to love it and not be intimidated by it. And I've been praying, God, would you shift my heart from intimidation to intrigue when it comes to your holy presence? And he's been doing that. 
Psalm 96, 9, worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. This was the phrase that kind of started this whole journey for me of seeking out what does it mean to worship him in the splendor of his holiness? Why is that word splendor in front of his holiness? Splendor, what I know splendor to mean is majestic, beautiful, right? And it says I can worship him in a like majestic and beautiful, splendorous way because that's how he is. And then it says... Tremble before him, all the earth. And here's the thing about holiness. Holiness is so good that it's like dangerously good. It's dangerously good. These men who saw the Lord, they were in the spirit of the Lord and they saw God on the throne. They fall over like dead guys, right? And they see a holy, what happens to all these guys, Ezekiel, Isaiah, John, God speaks to them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And he's inviting us to step into a lifestyle of holiness that anticipates his goodness to drive out all the wickedness we have lived in. And you know what holiness does? It doesn't just drive out wickedness, but it attracts purity. If you live in the presence, you stand before a holy God. Isaiah stands before, this, before the Lord and that seraphim touches his lips with a live coal and he says, your guilt's taken away, your sin has been atoned for. It's the touch of God that makes us pure and holy and drives out all our wickedness. It's dangerously good. Holiness repels or you draw near to it. If you're repelled to it, it's because you're afraid of being exposed. Because that's what the Lord does. Brings everything to light. What's done in the dark and the secret will be brought into light. Wickedness to fester and grow is he loves you so much that he doesn't want any kind of wickedness to fester and grow in your heart, but he wants to touch you and cut open your heart and flip some tables over. Jesus came into the temple and he starts flipping tables over and driving things out with the whip that are impure. He says, you've made my house a den of robbers. There are things on our heart that we're just too okay with that are not him. He's coming this morning to flip over some tables. So, so get ready. I want to live so unsatisfied with things that are not holy. Because I was made in his image. Genesis 1:26. Let us make mankind in, his, in, in our image. When you read in the Bible of God talking about the identity and the nature of his people, we find that word holy. So he makes us in his image. We're his representation in the earth. Romans 12, 2, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed. Holy Spirit, or holy, holiness looks different. Don't be conformed. Test what is good and acceptable will of God of your mind so that you may prove and test what is good and acceptable will of God. This is, all, this is the key right here. Sacrifice presented before you today. Write this question. Know what your will is for my life? So here I am, Jesus, a living sacrifice presented before you today. Write this question down. Father, what will you show me today? If you're, writing, if you're taking notes, write that down. I want to challenge and begin to stir a church like today. Because I want to challenge and begin to stir a church, like just partnering with the Lord on this, if we lived in a holy anticipation with a great expectation to earth through people, 
It's pretty amazing. It doesn't sound like I just exist to live boring and to just have a regular job and, you know, not know him. It sounds like if I, if I went through my whole life that way, I would miss out on the gift of life that he's given me. So we see God describe his people by that same word, the nature. I love Ephesians, his people is holy. Be holy, for I'm holy. I love Ephesians, Ephesians 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him. He's chosen us in him. There's nothing that I can do to make myself holy. What Jesus has done and paid for on the cross is going to make me, has made me holy. And he chose me in him even before Jesus did that for me. Isn't that crazy? As I was studying this, I noticed that the context of the words that surround the word holy are, are only good, right? And I was thinking, okay, Jesus, holiness isn't meant to be intimidating to me, but it's actually supposed to be my identity. Would you reveal that to me? Bring understanding, like I know it, but Lord, I need to understand it. When you read your Bible, when you spend time in prayer, there are things we know, but you are showing the depths and the riches of his goodness when you are open to growing in understanding. And here's how you do that, dependency upon the Holy Spirit. I asked my grandpa towards the end of his life, he said, because grandma passed away in 2018 and, and he lived alone and I said, uh, Grandpa, what's your dependency on the Holy Spirit look like? And he just said, I have, I have to have him. And I'm never alone and he's good. And I just remember thinking, that's so simple. That's so simple. Because I didn't know my grandpa to be like a very, he was a quiet man, he wasn't talkative, but he was a humble man who walked with the Lord. He was a peaceful man, and he loved Jesus, and he anticipated the Lord. He knew he was going to go be with him. I think we can even begin this now, here in our life on earth, to expect and bring with us the presence of God wherever we go, to live with the holy anticipation, a great expectation. You read, the, the heroes in the Bible are only heroes because this is how they lived, Right? Moses walks to the burning bush. He could have walked away. Joshua steps up in Moses' place. could have said, I don't think I'm ready. Over and over again, these men of God, he comes to them, and it's like this. A student, I met with a student last week, and he was, he was just challenging some things, and he was like, I don't know even how to initiate conversation with the Lord, or even how to initiate active relationship and fellowship with God. I don't know what that looks like. I'm kind of scared of that. I said, here's what it looks like. I said, give me your hand. And as soon as he starts to reach his hand, I reach out and grab his hand first. It's like, this is how the Lord will come to you and I. When we say yes to him, when we just even look at his way, he's like, I'm here. 
And he was startled. <laughs> but these men and women that the Lord chose, I think they were startled. I look at my own life and see what the Lord has done in your students, and I'm startled. I'm, I dreamed it to be of what he's sustaining because it's way bigger than I dreamed it to be. And it's a blessing and it's a high honor to walk with them and to show them Jesus. And I pray for them every day that they would love him more 10 years from now, 15, 20 years, when they're way past our youth group, that they would love Jesus more than they do these days. I want you to pray that for them too. And that we could live as God's people with the holy anticipation, this expectancy that God wants to do things among his people. Isaiah 57, 15 says, I dwell in the high and holy place with him, with you and me, who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the heart of the contrite ones. The Lord in all his holiness does not want to be separated from you and I. Though you and I are wicked, he wants to come and he wants to flip the tables over and he wants to drive all that out and he wants to make you holy and wash you in the blood of his son, Jesus. This is how much he loves you. I'm so grateful for Jesus, how he lived this holy, perfect. How did you live 33 years? Jesus, you were all God, but you were all man. And how did you live 33 years on this planet and not sin once? And the Lord told me, had union with my father. It's because I had union with my father, my heavenly father. This is what I desire for all of my children to have. And I remember just thinking, wow, I want to know it that way, Jesus, because I'm weak. And he says, I'm strong. This is what it is to live with the holy anticipation and an expectancy. I want to talk about God's spirit. His name is the Holy Spirit. That's right. Indwells you and I. There's a baptism, there's water, but there's also the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray for that over each of you today. And we're going to have a chance to respond. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you're like, I don't know what that means. It means that God wants to come and indwell you. Maybe you believe in Jesus, but he wants you to walk with him. And so at the end, we're gonna have the prayer team come up and have a vibrant relationship and to know the Holy Spirit. You are even a little bit curious. What does it look like to have a vibrant relationship and to know the Holy Spirit like Jacob is talking about and like I read about my Bible? But I'll tell you this too. Don't take this lightly because God will burn up everything in you and expose you in all your wickedness with so much love and compassion, but it will hurt. <laughs> he loves so hard it hurts sometimes because he's purging. The Holy Spirit, listen to this. 2 Corinthians three seventeen through 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and where the Holy Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You, if the Holy Spirit indwells you, you can walk into any place in any situation and bring the presence of the Lord liberty, freedom. But we all with unveiled face beholding, him as, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into this same image from glory to glory. 
just as by the Holy Spirit of the Lord. This union with me, when you walk in obedience, when you pause and you say, Father, what will you show me today? I want to challenge, I've been challenged, I want to challenge this church to not live as unaware believers of what God wants to do among us, but that we would be so aware. Jacob is walking around in the wilderness after he's deceived his brother, after he's deceived his father, and now he's stolen a blessing and his mother says, you better run because your brother, your older brother is coming to kill you. And Jacob puts his head on a rock to sleep. A rock is his pillow. And the Lord reveals himself to Jacob in the dream. We've all heard the dream of Jacob's ladder. And what happens? That ladder comes from heaven to the earth. It's not the other way around. But God reveals himself to Jacob. And he sees angels ascending and descending. And God begins to speak into Jacob. And he says, if you will walk with me as your fathers did, then I will bless you. And I, you, and I will know you. You will know me. <laughs> it's amazing. Genesis 28, verse 16. And Jacob wakes up from his dream and he's scratching his head. And this is what he said. The Lord is in this place and I knew it not. He was in the wilderness. The Lord is in this place. Where are you? The Lord is in this place. You're in a wilderness season. It's a holy place. You haven't heard from the Lord in a while. You've been leaning in to prayer. You've been anticipating him to speak. Keep leaning in. It's a holy place. Maybe you're on the other side of that. Maybe you're on the mountaintop. Elijah's in a rock hiding for his life. God reveals himself to him. It's a holy place. Moses on the mountaintop. The Lord comes and he reveals himself to Moses. And Moses' face is radiant from the Lord's holiness. I'm telling you. We're called for so much more than just regular Christian living. Listen to this quote by a guy named A.W. Tozer. He wrote this book called The Pursuit of God, and this is the quote. The presence and the manifestation of the presence are not the same. There can be one without the other. God is here when we are wholly unaware of it. He is manifest only when and as we are aware of his presence. On our part, there must be surrender to the Holy Spirit of God. For the whole loving obedience, God and the Son. And if we cooperate with him in loving obedience, God will manifest himself to us. And that manifestation will be the difference between a nominal Christian life and a life just getting through today being a good person or living in the radiance of the face of God. That's what I want. I've been praying Jesus was made for. Hung, a holy hunger for you and you alone because that's what I was made for. Welcome to pause to appate the Lord is to be still. This, even if you're in your wilderness season, sometimes to anticipate the Lord is to be still. Maybe you're a go, 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 kingdom worker, and now it's time to be still and anticipate the Lord in the stillness because he's there too. Spend time in the, when you begin to pray and really lean in, God, make me holy. You're holy. Jesus, you say, be holy. Change it. Change me. Transform me. Renew my mind. I want to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 
This is the story of David and Goliath. David is a kid. He shows up to the battle lines and he hears this monster, Goliath, shouting these profanities against God and his people. And David, who's just a kid, is like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And he says, verse 45, this is chapter 17. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, whom you have defied. And this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world, or, and, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you all into our hands. Look up here, verse 48. And now Goliath is mad, and he begins to move towards David. And it says, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Goliath is coming to David, and David is running to Goliath. My God is going to take you down because he's bigger than you. I've got this whole, I know the Lord. I've been with him on the hillside. He delivered me from the hands of, a, from, the, from the, the mouth of a lion and the paws of a bear. I know my Lord is bigger than you. So I'm gonna call on him and I'm gonna let him use me because I know he won't fail me. <laughs> so good. And so prayer team, if you guys wanna come up here, we're gonna take some time to respond you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit today, if you want to know this vibrancy of life, what it means to walk with Jesus so closely that you are in union with his spirit, come forward. Don't hesitate because I'm telling you, this is the next level. This is something deeper, something more rich, more beautiful. The band's going to sing and play and they're going to sing the song over you. Come do it again. He wants you to live with his spirit. Not a nominal, boring Christian life, but one who is union with him. So I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to stand. And if you want to come, come find all these ones at the front. We'll pray with you. Jesus, please come and do it again. Holy Spirit, fill your people in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God fall on us just as it did. The believers were in a room waiting for the Lord, anticipating a move of God, and you came. You came with fire and such boldness. So Lord, would you come and do it? In the hearts of those who go to my church. Revive us by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.